The views and opinions expressed by guests on the TWBC podcast are solely those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views of nor constitute an endorsement by the host, TWBC, or the advertisers. National Championships, Confederation Championships, World Championships, major professional events. For over three decades, he has been there for many of the sport's greatest moments. And now he brings you even closer to the movers and shakers in the world of high echelon tournament water skiing. From the founder and creator of the Water Ski Broadcasting Company comes the TWBC Podcast. And now here's your host, Tony Lightfoot. Well, greetings one and all, and uh, I am the aforementioned Tony Lightfoot, and this is the latest uh, episode of the TWBC podcast. Uh, great to uh, to have each one of you uh, on board, and uh, certainly great uh, to have one of my good friends uh, from uh, from within the sport of a tournament skip water skiing uh, for, uh, for 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 many many years, uh, dating all the way back uh, to the 1980s, in, including right up to the present day. He is the proprietor of the Swiss Water Ski Resort here in Claremont, Florida. You can probably hear a little bit of rain in the background. One of the very rare times that uh, that uh, the facility uh, here at uh, Swiss uh, has to uh, has to take a little bit of a break from the rain. But uh, here we are with Clint Stadelbau. How are you doing, sir? Very good. Uh, hi, Tony. Glad to be here. Hope you're doing fine too. Good, I'm doing good. I'm doing pretty good as well. So at the time of this recording, we are about less than three days away from an event you take enormous pride in being able to uh, to host uh, for the for the eighth time of asking now. It's the Swiss Pro Slalom, isn't that right? Correct. That's going to be our eighth edition coming up in three days. So obviously we're a little nervous, but uh, everything's coming on along very well. And we're sure we're going to have a, a great edition this year. What makes you nervous about this event? Because, I mean, you should be on autopilot after eight times, right? Yeah, I know. But, I mean, we're very involved in it. Uh, we want to have some good skiing. Uh, Vince is obviously doing the, the webcast with you guys. So, yeah, there's, there, there's a bit of stake and uh, there's expectation, I think, from the tournament. So, we really try to, to do the best we can, yeah. Excellent stuff. And, uh, and, and I mean, you, you've, you've been... I mean, obviously, this is the eighth edition. I mean, I mean, we've already established that. But I mean, you've been you've been here at the Swiss uh, Swiss Water Ski Resort for how many years now since 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 you since you took over ownership of the facility? Yeah, actually, we took over ownership nine years ago. So the first year, we just uh, you know did our first year basically operating the the water ski school, and then we the next year we started with the Swiss Pro. So the Swiss Pro Slalom is about uh, the same age as, as 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 when we took over the ski school. Okay, and uh, and tell us a little bit about how that opportunity came around, because I mean the Swiss Water Ski Resort and the facility itself has been well known for many many years. I mean, I mean I recall uh, uh, advertisements and commercials in the water ski magazine of, of seeing of seeing that big lake with the dome structure, you know, with uh, with Denise Grimm holding the reverse toe back. And and that kind of stuff and i mean that dates it all the way back to the 80s and those kind of uh, advertisements were legendary at that at, at that time you know and it sure. and it, it encouraged people from all across the world to to you know to avail themselves of skiing in the sunshine state you know so how did that uh, like it like i said how how did the opportunity come about for you to acquire this this world-class facility 
Yeah, well, uh, as you said, uh, first of all, it was founded by a couple, Pierre and Denise Grimm from Geneva. We're from Geneva, so we knew them even before they moved to the U.S. The, the ski school was founded in 1979, actually. Wow. And uh, Valerie, my wife, was the first customer that first week they opened. So we've been skiing here since, you know, more than 40 years. Uh, both of us, Valerie and myself, so since the early 80s till, till we bought it. And um, with the passing away of, of Pierre Grimm, we, we, we talked to, to Denise and eventually it, it happened we, we, because we love this place. We've always skied here. It's a, you know, a magnificent facility. So we wanted to, to keep, keep it going and that's how it all came about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot has changed in those years, hasn't it? I mean, since, uh, since, it, start, since it started, uh, since you've acquired it and uh, carrying on from there. Yes, uh, I mean, you were, the, the school was founded on a natural lake. Then 10 years later, in late 80s, 88, 89, came the, the man-made lakes. And since we, we took over, we're just trying to, you know, always uh, increase the quality on the water. And then I think there's also a nice uh, atmosphere at the dock. So we, we're really trying to, to keep it going strong. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And kind of give us a little bit of a profile of your typical clientele here. Because, I mean, cause, I mean I, I've noticed uh, in, in more recent times that, 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 that the... The, the the typical skier that comes here to ski isn't isn't just someone that just that just took a plane ride from Europe, you know, just to to escape all the wintry weather and and drove themselves down in a rental car from Orlando Airport and get a get a few ski rides in. I mean, there 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 are some serious folks now that the that, that that really step up the game uh, up up to up to the pro level and from a whole bunch of different countries, not not just those in Europe. Yeah, what we, we're really happy that we have really all ages, all levels, all nationalities. That's really a trademark uh, of Swiss. So you can be a total beginner or world champion. We have people from all around the world, which makes it very interesting for everybody. And mostly, I would say, we have families. Uh, since we have the villas on site, you, you would have people, you know, a family coming in for one week or two weeks renting the villa, taking you know, advantage of the, all the Orlando uh, attractions, uh, parks, Disney, whatever, and ski, ski at, our, our, at our ski schools. So mainly families, all levels, all ages, uh, which is really great. One day we had a three-year-old girl and a 93-year-old man that skied on the same day. So it was, it was a beautiful day. It must, it must give you, and I mean, I can, I can just see by the smile of your face that it gives you immense satisfaction, you know, just to, ju- just, 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 a step, just a step out of your villa every single day and knowing that you're, that, that, you, that you're doing something that you genuinely love and you've, and you've, done, and you've done for so many years now, you know? Yeah, obviously, I mean, I'm passionate about water skiing. I ski myself pretty much every day. I really love skiing, love everything that's around water skiing. That's also why we, we, we're putting this event. And uh, definitely, it's a, it's a great lifestyle. That's the, the primary reason why, why basically, we're, we're doing this for, 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 for the love of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And I, mean, you, and I mean, back in the day, I mean, you ski competitively in, in, in Europe, you know, in many, many of the European championships in the 1970s, you know, all the, all the way to about the mid-80s, early part of the 1990s. So you've had a long and, and story career. Out, out of everything that you've done in those competitions, is there one or two moments that kind of stand out for you as being, being something, yes, I can, I can hang my hat on that and be immensely proud of it? And, and 
Yeah, I'd say the, the, the two, maybe the things I'm most proud of is, is having skied the, the, the finals at the World Championships uh, twice, once in 1987 at Thor Park, which mm -hmm. were probably one of the biggest worlds ever, as, as you recall. Oh, yeah. And then I had a nice finish in uh, 1993 in Singapore. I came seventh. So I think this was like the highlight of my uh, my skiing years, and Singapore was also was nothing to do with it, with Thor, but it was also a little different. It was like the first world, really in, in Southeast Asia. It was right in the middle of the city, so it was a, a different atmosphere, and I happened to to perform pretty good there. Yeah, so there were the worlds were always like special. I skied uh, 15 worlds spanning over 30 years, so it's been it's been it's been quite a ride. Yes. So probably one of probably one of the most story careers in world championship history, you know, with, with that many world championships, and 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 it's it's interesting that you mention those two specific world championships because the one at Thorpe in 1987 was on a total man-made facility. It was designed for that, you know, way back in the 1970s. Let alone be able to run it in 1987, and then you go to Kalang Harbour in Singapore in 1993 skiing not quite on the man-made facility but i mean it was it, it was in the middle of a city i mean two differing kinds of venues you know so i mean i mean i mean to i mean to you i mean you've seen the development of the sport you've seen what the iwwf have tried to do in the past and what they're you know trying to do do you do you think that they that they're getting it right by migrating more more off of the city center venues and more towards the man-made facilities that that's pretty much assure that that the best scores come come from the best skiers no i think obviously uh the trend to go to to nice water ski sites meaning man-made lakes is is definitely better it's safer uh, it, it's way fair for the skier what we're a bit losing is like to to ski in the middle of the city and to have some kind of uh, surprises in the, in the in the in the results, like when it's tougher conditions, you never know what's going to happen. So there's more openings. But yes, in in general, I think like the last worlds we had, um, uh, the Travers were probably one of the best worlds. I mean, skiing wise for sure, and everybody really enjoyed it. So you but you do take away a bit from from the from the grandiose of being in 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 the center of city. It's like you. If you do a tournament nowadays at Swiss Water Ski Resort, that would be Thor Park, and then you go at Mumba, which would have been like the Kalang River. So both are good, actually, but they're very different. But yes, I think the the, the fact of mo to moving to to man-made lakes to good skiing condition is better. Excellent stuff. So I mean, is is there something that in, I mean? I mean, we could we could we could answer this next question with more or less the same answer. But is there is there things that you kind of wish that the water skiing as a whole, even from the administrative point of view or from or, or from the industrial point of view, do you wish that there's something that those entities could do to tr to really try and push this? this sport forward to increase his exposure and, and and you know and you know create a little bit more excitement a little bit more juice well yeah that's what everybody's trying to do i think uh the person that succeeded in pushing water skiing is definitely twbc i mean uh vince has done i think more in two years than the whole water ski community combined the last 30 years so the driving force today is definitely twbc 
what the federations are doing on WWFF is also very good. They're more on the administrative part of the sport. They're taking care of getting more people into the sport, meaning licenses. It's a bit uh, different. They're more or less structuring the sport, and I think they're structuring it better, although still a bit complicated. But I mean, um, I think the, 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 the growth in tournament skiing anyway comes more from the organizer and, and the media, which today is definitely uh, you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this talk, this, this, the, the Water Ski Pro Tour coming through, uh, uh, it's in its sophomore year now, second year uh, after its inaugural season last season. Uh, a step in, the, step in the right direction or do you think that there still needs to be some tweaks and adjustments that need to be made uh, to, to, to really help, help the sport along in the right direction? No, definitely a very, very good thing, the Water Ski Pro Tour. I think what's the best about it is that they, 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 they assembled events that were existing, and now there's more and more. So I think every event keeps its own character. Uh, every organizer brings his own vision of a tournament, but then it's combined into a, a structure, a Water Ski Pro Tour throughout the year. And I think one tournament leads to another. It started, you know, since... I mean, we have more and more pro events and the Water Ski Pro Tour is bonding all this. And in the future, I'm, I'm sure there will be also an interest in the general classification at the end of the year. So it's definitely a very good thing. Excellent. And uh, I mean, obviously, you mentioned Vince with, uh, with TWBC. Uh, we haven't mentioned your eldest son yet. I mean, uh, Benjamin Stadelbauer, who's skiing, skiing professionally, who's had some podium finishes. Uh, but... What I, I would have expected Benjamin by now to have come through with a with a pro win or two, you know, he certainly had the opportunities to do that. You know, uh, is is how, how do you reckon his season's gonna gonna go from from uh, from the start? I mean, what what do you see him doing by way of adjustments to get him over the line, so to speak? Yeah, no, he's been skiing uh, fairly good these last years. As you say, he's, he's chasing a, a, a pro win. He's had a few podiums. Uh, as everybody knows, competition is very, is very hard. I think he's got to really focus on the, on, on the final rounds. But first of all, try to make it there, which is hard for everybody. And then once you're in the final, try to take the, your chance, your opportunity to, to make a podium and possibly a win. So basically, you work it... Uh, Make the finals, make the podium, make the win. Uh, now he's more in making the finals. Uh, you got to get a, grab a few podiums and 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 hope for the right opportunity to for a win at, at one of these pro events. And you ask me about the pressure for Swiss Pro. I have one son that's doing the webcast, the other one that's skiing. So there's a little bit of pressure, yes. <laughs> Indeed, and uh, the the one thing that I tend to comment on so far as Benjamin Stadelbauer is concerned is so far as his skiing technique is concerned, it emulates the late, great Andy Mapple, of course. And you, you, you skied against him on a number of occasions, European Championships, World Championships, you know, you, you, you knew the guy exceptionally well. Uh, anything, anything you want to say in that regard? Oh, yes, you're right. Uh, there is some similarities between uh, the great Andy Mapple and the way Benny skis, for sure. Maybe it comes from, uh, I was skiing with Andy since we were juniors, uh, and obviously I was a big, big fan of him and, and his skiing. So when the kids were young, I probably talked about Andy a lot and the way he skis, and I think that transpired consciously or unconsciously to, to, to Benny skiing, uh, because we're you know, always 
saying Andy's doing that, Andy's doing this. So it, he did learn like uh, uh, Slums King, Indiana, Andy Maple perspective, let's say, and it seems to work. He's got also a bit the same build. So yes, there is some uh, some similarities, which I think came from a, a younger age and the fact that we were all looking up to, to Andy and the way he skied. All right then. So uh, you're obviously... Uh Proud to host the uh, the Pro Tour, the start of the Pro Tour event uh, with the Swiss Pro Slalom in the ne- in the next few days of the recording of this uh, this podcast, and a lo- there there's a lot to be uh, there's a lot to be pleased about the future, a lot to be optimistic uh, going forwards. Where do, where do you see this sport? Where do you see this event first of all, and where do you see the sport in general in about I don't know, in 2027, in five years' time? First of all, I think we're right now at one of the best uh, spot, best time for water skiing, because we all said, uh, you know, back in the days, this and that, with a with pro tour, in the late 80s, first of all, it wasn't that great. I think water skiing, tournament water skiing at pro level, it's about the best it's ever been right now, since uh, one or two years, and I think it, it's still developing. So we should be happy about that, keep it pushing, I'm hoping to find or to see uh, like what we're maybe missing is like a, a general main sponsor, like a title sponsor that would really take on this water ski pro tour. Uh, then uh, to have more, obviously more money in it for, for all the terms, for the whole tour, maybe an, obviously an out of industry sponsor because our sport is beautiful, it's very competitive. I mean, it, it translates family values. Uh, you know, uh, it's a very demanding sport. So I'm hoping for somebody from the outside to step in that we could, you know, get some 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 real funding uh, for the future for the next five years. And I'm seeing uh, seeing at least one or two of those uh, those potential sponsors among our list of sponsors for the for the Swiss Pro uh, on the list. Uh, but uh, but obviously, gaining more and more exposure is is gonna is gonna be key. Uh, going forwards and you know and without without sounding too self-serving twbc is certainly helping in 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 that regard wouldn't you say uh, yeah definitely that's i i mean twc is, is is really the central central piece of 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 water skiing today and for your future now at least we have something to show to the to the people to the crowd to the sponsor to everybody actually it's very attractive i mean the water skiing is beautiful the athletes are amazing uh, it's very uh, telegenic, uh, so I think that's going to help, or should help, to get a, like a main sponsor. Uh, I'm thinking out of the industry involved. Yes, yeah. it's certainly very going to be very important because it. I know because a lot of our a lot of the events going forward, most of the sponsors that support them are from within the industry, and you know when when you have that kind of sponsorship base, there are there are conflicts involved, you know, which which kind of which kind of hamper hampers things along. So, so I mean, your suggestion is that not a non endemic non endemic large sponsor is the best way going forward in 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 pursuing greater exposure exactly exactly i think that would you know as you say be more neutral hopefully more money and would be uh something one part that could help definitely the next five years yeah and i think our sport is is ready for it Uh, and now with the exposure that we have people are more and more interested so so yes, I think that 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 would be a big uh, a big step to to have something better. Yes, 
Excellent stuff. And as we uh, round up this podcast, which I thank you for being a part of, uh, I normally give the opportunity for the person being interviewed uh, a chance to say thanks and give acknowledgements and credit and where, wherever, that, wherever that goes. So I'll give you that opportunity with the microphone here. Well, uh, thank you, first of all, Tony, for having me. It was great. Um, I'm always uh, very thankful to, to all my family, to my wife, the kids that are doing a great job. And uh, I want to thank all the skiers that are practicing, training hard every day and making this sport so passionate. So thanks to, to the skier and keep, keep up your, your, your hard work. You're doing great. All right, then. And uh, just a reminder that the Swiss Pro Slalom is going to be on uh, May the 1st, uh, 7.45 start time uh, on the Eastern Seaboard on that Sunday morning, May the 1st. And it's been brought to you live and exclusively on TWBC. I've been Tony Lightfoot. You've been listening to Clint Stadelbauer. And this has been the latest edition of the TWDC, TWBC podcast. And with that, it is ciao for now. Thank you for listening to the TWBC podcast. Be sure to check out our website at waterskibroadcasting.com. Links to our presence on major social media platforms can be found there, as well as updates to our webcast and this podcast. Duplication or rebroadcasting of this broadcast without written consent of TWBC is prohibited. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to join us next time for the next edition of the TWBC podcast.